This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Ringgit and Sense is brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance and I'm Sim Weeboon. Today we recap a special event that was organised last week, BFM's Ringgit and Sense Investing Through a Stormy 2023, which was made possible by our special sponsors, Sun Life Malaysia, your lifetime insurance and takaful partner. It was a special discussion panel featuring guest speakers Lynette Lee, CEO of the Financial Planning Association of Malaysia, Idham Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory, and Maggie Wong, Associate Director for Fixed Income at AHAM Capital Asset Management Berhad. In this event, we talked about the outlook for the market and economy on how to stay invested and plan for the long term. I start off the conversation with Maggie asking her about the US Federal Reserve and how hawkish they've been. I asked her how much higher can the interest rates go and if the terminal rate is in sight. Hi, good morning everyone. Um, thank you for being here today, again despite the weather. Um, so I'm happy to be here to be sharing you know, um, what's our outlook for the rest of the year. Um, as for US, as Sim has rightly pointed out, last year was a very um, unpre- unprecedented year whereby we saw one of the sharpest rate hikes in the US and not just US, um, Europe as well and the rest of the um, regions. Um, terminal rate, whether it's inside at the moment with US interest rate currently being at 4.5%, I think that it's going to continue to go up, um, possibly 5%, 5.25, 5.5. Um, but what I can say is that majority of the hikes have taken place already. Um, the kind of rates shock, inflation shock that we, that we saw last year, um, in our view, it's unlikely to repeat itself. Um, maybe a bit more upside from here, but what I'm saying is that I think the market has kind of like, you know, um, quite well priced already for the US interest rate. But there are some street expectations that, you know, the number might shift, right? I mean, the Fed is expecting it to climb past 5.4% in July versus like just 4.9% a few weeks ago, I think. Mostly because their preferred inflation measure, the price consumption expenditure price index came out last Friday 0.6. I mean, what's your view on that? I mean, are we dead set on that? Um, not date set. That is why market has always, you know, continued to reprice, um, which resulted in, you know, volatility in financial assets the whole of last year. Um, what the reason why I think that it's largely well priced because. <clears throat> On one hand, we are seeing still very, very strong labour market in the US. Unemployment rate is very tight at 3.4%. And, and inflation is still is not coming down as quickly as financial market would like to be. Um, but again, on the other hand, actually some of the data that we see, um, soft indicators and some hard indicators, um, it is pointing towards a weakening economy. Um, survey, so a lot of um, large corporates have published results, therefore Q results, and they are indicating that you know, so there are some signs of um, softening, um, and if you look at the housing market in the US as well, um, we do think that you know, um, at five point four, five point five percent, we will likely see you know a more meaningful deterioration in economic growth as well. Do you think there's a risk that the Fed will be overly aggressive in their rate hikes and cause the US economy to suffer a hard landing? Um. <laughs> Frankly speaking, I think so. I think central banks are always behind the curve, um, and you cannot blame them to do it, to to do that because they have a mandate um, for US itself. Their mandate is maintaining a price stability, i.e., inflation, and very well operated um, labor market with unemployment rate at three point four percent and inflation rate way above their two percent target. They have to continue to high rate. Um, there is no justification for them to pause at this moment because you know their mandate. 
wants them to continue hiking rate. Um, and typically, if you look at historical events, right, um, when economic data start to deteriorate, when unemployment rates start to rise, it's too late already. Um, but that is when central banks have to, you know, you turn again and that's all. So what does this mean for AHAM's uh, asset allocation strategy then? Yeah, so for us, um, I think the opportunity that we are seeing is in the bond market, um, in cash, FD, and etc. Because we are coming from an environment where interest rate um, was at negative zero in the global world. Um, in Europe and Japan, you are being charged interest by parking cash in your bank. Um, and in US, interest rate was as low as 0%. And even if you look at regional fixed income bond funds, um, have you invested in um, 2019? You will probably be getting a targeted return of 3 to 4%. In Malaysia itself, um, around there as well. And if you were to park your money in FD, you'll probably get 1 plus 2%. Um, but we had a great reset since pandemic. Um, there was a sharp rise in inflation and therefore in interest rates. And where interest rates today... Um, Malaysia at 2.75 and US at 4 plus percent, close to 5. I think it's a good um, opportunity to relook back at this asset class in fixed income um, because essentially what fixed income role is is to provide long-term stable return um, for investors. So I think it's a good time to lock in your long-term gain. Again, back to two years, three years ago, the kind of target return that we are guiding investors are probably like, Three to four percent, um, but where we are today, um, we are quite comfortable in guiding our investors a return of you know five percent and above. Um, okay, I, I want to talk about like you know globally we are expecting a slowdown, but does the reopening of China change that narrative, especially for Asia in terms of economic growth? Yeah, China is very important to Asia because they are a very. A, they are a key consumers for Asia and globally as well. So um, for China, as you know, they went from zero COVID policy to zero policy on COVID, um, which is very, which is very, um, you know, positive for a Asia. Um, however, at the same time, we are not that optimistic um, on China reopening because. Um, in China itself, domestically itself, there are still a lot of things to be repaired. Property, as you would have seen from Financial Times, as you, as you would have heard from BFM, Morning Run, um, you will know that their property cycle is still quite bad. Um, buyer sentiment is still not fully regained. So, um, And property constitute a big part of China economy, close to 35 to 40%. Um, at the moment, there are, still uh, there are still a lot of lingering concern on property developers, um, whether they are able to deliver the home because they are in, you know, um, in trouble themselves. They cannot refinance their debt and etc. And therefore, when buyers go out and shop for homes, um, they look at these property developers, they're like, unsure, um, can, should I buy now? Will they default on me and etc. So until we can, you know, meaningfully see a rebound in... Um, um, home buyer sentiment and therefore rebound in house prices, then we will see a more meaningful rebound in the China economy. But if one is going to be looking for opportunities in China, right, specifically, you know, what sectors might be comfortable for you to kind of, for us to look into? Yeah. So for us, um, I think the story will be consumers um, as there have been a lot of pent-up demand in Chinese consumers itself. We believe the reopening play will benefit some of these consumer um, consumer industry player. Um, for example, like um, an example would be like Hai Di Lao. 
Um, no, no spots. No <laughs> I spot just had lunch there like two weeks but, ago. Yeah, yeah. Haidi Lao is one of the example who will benefit from all this China reopening play. Um, and apart from that, um, I think some new new economy players and as a basically really from the consumption play. Renewables maybe. Huh? Renewable um, auto for to a certain extent. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. So. Let's turn our attention then to Malaysia, right? Because I think like you said, right, Bank Negara raised their rates 100 pips to 2.75% in 2022. But, you know, they seem to press the pause button uh, in their most recent uh, MPC meeting. So what does this mean for the markets then? Um, to us, actually, the January pause was somewhat surprising. Um, I think when you look at the Bloomberg economics, uh, Bloomberg economics estimate, only one person got it right. Um, and we felt that um, maybe Bank Negara knows more. Definitely Bank Negara knows more than we do. Um, perhaps they're expecting a somewhat more um, gloomy economic growth outlook. Um, with Bank Negara delivering, delivering a pause, right? I think, um, I think we, are, we change our view as well. Probably a 50-50 whether they're going to hide more. It's really very much dependent on you know, growth outlook, spending and etc. Yeah. So, so and inflationary pressures. So how many more hikes can we expect this year then? Our house view is um one hike. One hike. Okay, That's one right. hike. Um, but again, you know, um it's really very much depends on inflation outlook. And we'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Stay tuned for Ringgit and Sense, brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense and I'm Sim Weeboon. Today, we are recapping a special event that was organised last week, BFM's Ringgit and Sense Investing Through a Stormy 2023, where we featured a special panel discussion with Lynette Lee, CEO of the Financial Planning Association of Malaysia, Idham Idris, Director and Licensed Financial Planner with Wealth Vantage Advisory, Maggie Wong, Associate Director for Fixed Income at AHAM Capital Asset Management Berhad. The objective of the event was to gain insight into how the market and economy is doing and what kind of impact will it have on your investments. We also talked about how we can stay invested despite the volatility and uncertainty. And now we continue our session where I asked Hidham for his thoughts on recession and how can one prepare for it. Uh, I think the, the most important thing is actually to come back and look at your at your loans yeah because i think that is where the bulk of the um how to say gains that you can actually look uh look into uh the bigger issue is actually the mortgages right uh, as well as the uh taking on any new personal loans yeah and managing the interest rate at this point in time so so apart from the the bonds and fixed income uh, opportunities out there the only other avenue, I would say, in terms of making sure that you do have um, uh, enough funds that you can actually deploy for investing is to come back and look at your, at your debt situation, how you manage that. So, uh, but that's from a personal finance and a layman perspective. So I think that's where the best op opportunity lies, actually. Yeah, so you have to really look into kind of like what uh, your cash flow is, you know, with high interest rates, if you have mortgages or if you're planning on getting more, you really need to consider, you know, whether you can continue to take in more, right? And especially with uh, Maggie said, we're looking at another rate hike, but that's all dependent on the data and the economic sentiment that we're coming in, how, um, how cautious you be and you really have to kind of plan it out, right? And what can you do if you discover that like, okay, you know, given the current environment, I can't sustain uh, the higher interest rates of my mortgages, right? When, what options are there out for people who may have issues with uh, these 
uh, highest interest rate uh, loans? I mean, honestly speaking, um, in terms of expenses, uh, right now, uh, rising cost of living is actually in the forefront of everyone's concern, right? Uh, so uh, people are always thinking about, you know, how do I cut down? Right? How do I reduce some of my expenses? Like what are the, where, where are the areas that I can save? Right? So I think uh, it's very, very important at this point in time is to take action. A lot of people, they just leave everything to, okay, whatever's happening, happening. You know, I'm just going to go through it. You know? But the most important thing is really to take action by auditing. Auditing, uh, taking inventory of your expenses, looking back at how much you're spending on uh, takeouts, your groceries. You need to do some homework, basically. Definitely. You do need to come sit down. And, and it's a good opportunity to do so. It's early of the year. Some people have, uh, might have received some increment, right? Um, and perhaps uh, if you uh, have an opportunity to get a bonus, that, that is where maybe you can actually look into, you know, where can I put that aside so that at least... Um, you know, I do have some sort of like backup plan, right? So the the most important thing is taking that audit, doing that inventory of your of your expenses, and really look into and see what are the things that I can actually uh, is is um, I can do without. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and I think that's the most important thing. And uh, I think for the past two years, uh, maybe because of the stimulus that we've received, maybe the aids, the assistance that we had, the loan moratoriums and all this, it might have lulled us into a sense of false security. Yeah, right? the low interest rate environment mean a lot of people um, got really active, you know, in terms of investing and trying to take risks, take opportunities, you know, and now that the things are slowly starting to reverse, that's when kind of, uh, you know, it really hits the fan and you're like, oh, okay, what do I do now, right? Yeah. You know, what, what, what can I expect, right? Exactly. Yeah. So we're looking at even at, at doing this exercise, I'm 100% sure everybody can save at least and see and reduce maybe 5 to 10% of their expenses, right? So, so that's actually money that you can actually use to deploy for, for other purposes, whether it can be uh, emergency funds or maybe into investments. Uh, but do that first. That is the first thing that everyone needs to do, actually. So, yeah, there's yeah. homework ahead. Yeah, yeah. can I just jump in? Yep. Um, I think for those of us who have been around a bit longer, you remember the time when interest rate went up to double digit and how some people were like, oh, I can't breathe. I think I'm going to, you know, sell my house for sale. Well, today, um, things have changed a little bit uh, because let's look at personal finances. You have your investment for your life goals. And then you have all of these expenses. So the question here is, uh, you need to spend on things that you need to spend. Rafizi Ramli said already, spend on things that are cheaper, alternative, so that you can continue to, uh, you know, uh, continue to put food on the table. And I want to extrapolate that a little bit because you have investments. Your investments are very important because those are life goals. So um, as Ilham rightly said, Audit your own uh, cash flow. What have you been spending money on? And the beautiful part is a lot of banks are doing targeted uh, moratorium for people. So before you, you for sell your house, go talk to your bank and see whether you can work something out so you, you keep your, your, your shelter, you know, your roof over your yeah. head. When it comes to the word recession, how does one really approach it? What do you do and prepare for it? What, you know, what's, what's kind of like the key things that you need to think about? Yeah, so... I think the, the most important thing is to have that long-term plan, right? Because, um, uh, you know, I want to bring up a buzzword. 
that I think was uh, uh, mentioned a lot in the last six months, which is VUCA, right? Okay, yes. Yeah. So VUCA means volatile, uh, uncertain, uncertain um, complex, yeah, yeah. and ambiguous, yeah, yeah. right? So this is exactly what in the environment that that we are in. It was actually coined by the U.S. military after the Cold War to describe uh, the current situ- to describe the situation then. And so you know, business economic experts have brought in and uh, come up with a. And you have to you have to uh, look at a new VUCA, right? So there's old VUCA and new VUCA. So what is it, what does it mean? So when you're talking about old VUCA, uh, like I mentioned, it's volatile, it's it's uncertain, it's complex, it's ambiguous. But new VUCA means that you must have a vision, right? V stands for vision, means that you you want to look over the long term. You know what is your plan for your financial? What are your life goals? What are your objectives? And U is understanding, right? You must understand. What is your current financial situation? Like, how are you earning income? What are your expenses? You, you, you cannot be in a situation where you, you, you're, you're making decisions willy-nilly, right? Uh, C means clarity. You're very clear in terms of what you want to do, right? So, uh, so, so uh, and at the end, I think the most important thing is A, which is agile, right? So, this is the new VUCA. So, by employing this... Uh, I would say strategies in terms of whether it's going to be a recession or it's not going to be a recession. I think having that vision, having the understanding, having that clarity and the agility is very, very important. And there are certain personal finance, uh, personal finances, um, I would say strategies that you can employ to ensure that you do have this new VUCA uh, outlook. So um, most of the time I, I would mention is making sure that you do have the emergency funding, right? Uh, build, build it up. So how much emergency funding everyone should have? We're talking about six months minimum of expenses. If you can do more, six months of income. But a lot of people say, how can I save? You know, I, I don't have any money at the end of the month. That's where you need to come back and audit. Look at your budgeting on, on a monthly basis. See where your cash flow, how you, the money is coming in and where the money is going out. And definitely, I guarantee you, once you do this, you will find uh, pockets yeah, and leakages, right? Uh, of where you can take out this money and start to put into the, into the cash reserve, uh, something like bonds of fixed income, right? And, and from there, when you're in a position of strength, that's where you can really employ uh, into investing. So um, I think um, in this current scenario, um, old VUCA, new VUCA, there are opportunities in investing as well, right? But you cannot come in and just dump your money into like a certain asset class or things like that. Please come from a position of strength. The cornerstone of all uh, successful investment strategy you must have that emergency fund and your cash flow is really like tip top, right? That's when you actually go into the, uh, the investing parts where, you know, that's where the, the fun part is, right? <laughs> I want to bring uh, Lynette into this conversation now, right? To look long term, how, how does one actually really start to look at their financials and think about the long term? Okay, so I'm going to drill down because uh, we're talking about investments and I'm going to talk about things regarding investments. Uh, very rightly, Idham has, uh, Maggie has shown you how the market is going to go, so you have some ideas. Idham has said what you need to do the money. But uh, if you want to be able to continue investing, regardless of whether it's stormy or sunny out, outside, um, there are a few things you need to take care. Number one, before you put your investment, you have to have your personal finances in place. 
meaning your money management. Uh, do you have uh, are your debts uh, within a level which you are comfortable with? Uh, is your cash flow means your money coming in and going out nicely balanced so that you have that money to put in for your um, for your emergency savings? And I think I spoke to Malay at one time more than emergency saving money for investment so that when the market goes down and and I saw. When M MCO hit, a lot of people put money into investment and they make money. So you, if you want to catch hold of that opportunity without having to touch your personal finances, you might want to have that little bit of fun for you to be able to put in. But I want to also look at other things else because we are so focused about money and investments, we forgot two important things. Yourself. You are the ATM machine. If you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of your investment for your family? So what are the things that a person need to take care of as a person would be number one, protection. Protection comes in two ways. If you're a non-Muslim, you're looking at insurance, transfer risk. The second thing that uh, for those who are Muslim, you look at takaful. Why? Because from the MCO, people die, people become disabled. So your investment is going to be paused. How are you going to make sure that it finally reaches the goal, even though um, the person may not be able to reach that goal? So two things. One is protection, right? Which instrument you want to use? That one, please go back and speak to your financial professionals yeah, or financial planner. Second thing is also estate planning. That's also very important. Because most importantly, is wonderful investments that you have. What are you, what is the plan that you're going to do should you'll be unable to see it to the end. How do you make sure that the investment uh, hit the goal that you want, go to the right people at the right time in the right amount? And this is where estate planning comes in. So I know these are not sexy, exciting topics because when we do that, we find not many people come in. But hey, if you want to do investment, it's got to be holistic, okay? And that's all the time we have for today's show. The event went on longer where we covered holistic financial planning, estate planning and other issues related to the economy. We had a robust Q&A with questions on investment opportunities, safe haven assets and Bank Nagara's decisions moving forward. This event was made possible thanks to our sponsor, Sun Life Malaysia, your lifetime insurance and Takaful partner. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10am News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise. I'm Sim Weeboon from The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense is brought to you by Sun Life Malaysia, your lifetime insurance and takaful partner. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.